0: For listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Amen. Come on, tell somebody when the Spirit prays. Come on, tell somebody when the Spirit prays, when the Spirit prays, when the Spirit prays. We know nothing shall be missed, nothing shall go uncovered when the Spirit prays. Come on, you can take your seat in Jesus' name. As we understand, even though we call ourselves being led by the Spirit of God, the reality. There are some days we're, we're not just totally submitted. And so in those days that we're not totally submitted, where we're thinking about, you know, a lot of our intellect getting away or we've allowed our emotions to rise up and get in the way, you know what I found out? We can miss some things in prayer. Uh, the Bible even tells us that we can act submit. So it's, it's proof that we can miss some things while we're praying. Uh, You can feel like, you can believe, you can want this to be the right thing that you're praying for, but how many know when the Spirit prays, He's not going to leave anything uncovered. He's not going to miss anything. Everything that needs to be prayed about, everything that needs to be covered in prayer, the Holy Spirit is going to cover. Amen. So we find ourselves here in the book of Romans, where, where Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, those believers that are in Rome, right? And I, and I started at verse number 18 for a reason, because Paul is talking about, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, and I don't know about you uh, 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 right now, We're dealing with some things that are calling us to suffer at different times. Whether you're suffering from something that's mentally bothering, whether you're suffering from something that's bothering your emotions or in your heart, or whether you're suffering from things that are bothering your physical body, or or something that's bothering you in the realm of the Spirit, per se. Nevertheless, we're all dealing with something that is causing us to feel like we're suffering through something. Right? But Paul tells us, you know, uh, 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 uh-uh-uh-uh. For I reckon the, uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so even through these sufferings, God is working through these sufferings that he allows us to go through. Why? Because he's revealing, he's going to reveal a greater glory on the inside of us. And I don't know about you, like we say, they don't really say this in church anymore, but, but it used to be a time where the old mothers, they would say in the church, come on, God, get the glory. You, you understand? They didn't consider themselves to be the best prayers. Or best intercessors in the house, but what they understood, they would say, God, get the glory. Most of them didn't have education, enough education to even read the scriptures. But they would say, God, get the glory. They knew something about God getting the glory. And you don't find that in churches nowadays because you, you know you understand what I'm saying. A lot of young people in church, you understand, and 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 and, and, and most older people, you find them in traditional churches, what say, but these, these fast and upgrowing churches, you don't find a lot of older people men older women in church but how many know we need the mothers we need the older men to teach us to help train us by the experiences that they've gone through in life we need them the bible says that the older women instruct the younger women and we know what holds true because that older woman just stands proxy for that person who's experienced things in life so in like manner the older men are supposed to instruct these younger men right so we need that inside the body But we also need folk who don't mind saying, God, just get the glory. Just get the glory, right? So he's saying there was an expectation, not just in us as the sons of God, but the earth itself is waiting in expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. You know, songs of God can be interpreted in multiple ways. It can be interpreted as the angels of God, but it can also be interpreted as us, those that God has called out for a specific purpose, for a specific time, for us to do what God is calling us to do in this day and age, in this present time, and within this dispensation. Right? So he says, For the creature was made subject to vanity not willingly but by reason of him who have subjected the same hope. Every creature, in the creep and crawl of things. To those that are walking upright like you and I, right? We was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him. He's brought us into subject to himself for a greater purpose, for a greater cause. He said, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And so we see God is doing this because God wants to deliver, deliver his creation from bondage. And because of the fall, because of sin, now we we wrestle with sin, we wrestle with death, and God wants to deliver us from this bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty by being his children. He said, because the creature self also, oh, I just read it, I'm sorry. For we know that the whole of creation groaneth and travaileth and pain together until now. All of creation is groaning, groaning, waiting for God in expectation, Everything, every created thing is waiting. It is, you understand? And it's not waiting silently. That's the thing. It's not waiting silently. There are things that can appear to be silent, but when you go outside, do you understand It's telling us that every creature or every creation or the whole of creation. So when you go outside and you pass by the tree, it can appear that this tree is silent, but the Bible is letting us know that this tree is groaning, waiting in pain for God to deliver it from the corruption of this world. So everything is crying out in its own specific manner, waiting for God to deliver it. So tell somebody, there's something about the groan. Oh yeah, we don't find too many folk groaning in the church anymore. Yeah, We sophisticated with our praise and sophisticated with our prayer and intercession now. But it used to be a time that women would wail, it used to be a time that men would lay and cry, it used to be a time that both women and men would groan before the Lord. Oh, yeah. He says, and not, not only they, but ourselves also. We are groaning and traveling in pain, waiting for God to deliver. Yes, waiting for God to deliver. Live, Lord. Uh, he said, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. To be partakers of the first fruits of God. Well, God will redeem us from these corruptible bodies. And then allow us to put on our glorious bodies, right? But he's also talking about how we are growing within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, waiting for God to pull us out of this body of corruption and redeem us into our glorious bodies. He said, for we say, we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man sees. Why does he yet hope for it? We are saved by hope, right? We're saved by hope but hope that is not seen is not hope. If you can see your hope, he's saying it's not hope. For what a man see, why does he yet hope for it? So he's saying if you can see it, there's no reason for you to hope for it. You know God is going to deliver us, but that's why the Bible tells us that we're supposed to keep watch for the day is approaching, All right? So we know that God is going to deliver us, but yet we're watching for it. Because we can't see the day, we can't see the exact moment in time that God is going to do this, but we're hoping God is going to deliver us from this body of corruption. He says, but if we hope for what we see not, then we do with patience, wait for it. If we hope for what we see not, he said, okay, you got to be patient for this thing. Why are you hoping you got to be patient? And again, we understand for the believers, the most, one of the most difficult things are trying things for the believers is time." Time tends to move us. Time tends to get under our skin. Time tends to mess with our hope or mess with our faith. Our ability to trust God, to believe God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He said, but if we can hope for that that we see, then do we with patience wait for. So you got to be patient for the thing that you can't see, but it's about what you know. Right? It is about what you know. Some people don't believe they can know it until they see it. In other words, some people don't believe, okay, I won't believe it until I see it. No, you got to know this without seeing it. He says, and as we move into our scriptures, he says, likewise, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. The spirit, it being the third person of the Trinity, being the third person of the Godhead, it's not an it, it's a, it's a person, it's a he, you know. He has characters, characteristics about himself, and ex- he expresses himself in certain things, in certain ways. You can, you, can, you can go and search throughout the Bible and it talks about the Spirit of the Lord or the Spirit of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, different, different names that he's called by or recognized by which shows you his relation to him with Jesus the Son as, as being the Son. It shows you his relationship with being in relation to the Father also. So, the Holy Spirit is never working independent of Himself, meaning He never does anything separate and apart for Himself. Everything that the Holy Spirit does, it is always in conjunction with the Father and the Son. These three are one. So, He's never working separate and apart from the Father and the Son, all right? And so, thank God for the Holy Spirit. So… As as we continue to talk about, because we've been talking about prayer, and we know prayer at its its core, at its foundation is simply, um, we understand it's simply communication. Y'all bear with me. I'm trying to get my stuff together. This thing is just going dark on me, okay. So we understand prayer at its core is simply communication. And if we stick with what we've been thinking about or, or land this foundation as we've started, If we look at what could possibly be the first prayer in Scripture when God comes and talks to Adam and Eve, when they partake of the fruit, the tree of knowledge, God comes and initiates the conversation, Adam, where art thou? If we're saying prayer at its foundation, in its simplistic form, it's nothing more than communication. You talking to God, God talking back to you. But in this case, we're saying God desires to speak to you first. God wants to initiate the conversation. What is it that God wants to speak to you about? Now, we we understand there are many things that we desire to talk to God about or many things we feel we need to talk to God about. I don't know about you, but I, I got needs in my life. And beyond having needs, I have desires in my life. There's certain things that I want, you understand? That that I, I understand, if in order for this to happen, I need to talk to God about it, right? And we talked about on Wednesday, Bible study, why it's a must that we pray the will of God. Because when we're praying anything separate and apart from the will of God, why would you expect it to be done? Why would you expect God to go above and beyond, or why would you expect God to step outside of His will to give you or answer a prayer request that has nothing to do with His will? And when you think about it, you know, some of us, if you really go and analyze some of the prayers you pray, and I'm not talking in past tense, some of the prayers you pray, if you really go and analyze, dissect these things, you'll see that there are some crazy prayers. crazy. You won't say it, so I'm going to say it for you because you don't believe you pray crazy prayers. Well, if it is outside of the will of God, then guess what? It can fit into that category of being crazy. So, prayer at its foundation, at its core, is simply communication with God. God desires to talk to you. God wants to initiate a conversation with you. And as we abide or stay, linger in prayer, we then find ourselves moving into communion. Communion denotes close relationship with God. So we understand as we develop in prayer, having good conversation with God, allowing God to talk to us as we talk to God, hearing God, not just hearing God, but then doing what God is asking of us. That's what it then brings us into communion, close relationship with God. And if you know anything about God, God is not screaming from heaven to talk to us. You understand? God likes to talk to those that are close. That's why he said he's, he's close to those that are broken of a contrite spirit. He's close to those that are broken. Because he likes to get close and he likes to whisper. You understand? Now, the thing about God, even when God whispers... The book of Psalm, in the book of Psalms, chapter number 29, it clearly describes the voice of God. If you ever want to know what the voice of God sounds like, the audible voice of God sounds like, in Psalms chapter number 29, it describes the audible voice of God. It will rock your world. Right? But even when God whispers, the whisper is so loud in an individual spirit that you can't shake the whisper when God comes and speaks. Ex Elijah when he was standing at the cave, when all of these rumblings came, whirlwind, fire, earthquake, you understand? But then God followed all of that with a still small voice that he could not shake. So understand, prayer at its foundation is simply communication, leads us to a place of communion which brings us to a close relationship with God. God desires to speak intimate things to us. And so, it's it's when you, those people that are in close relationship, they're not yelling for everyone else to hear the intimate things that they desire to say. It's only when you get close that they begin to speak those intimate things that are meant for you to hear. right? So, when God is speaking, you got to look at prayer, see prayer as as being intimate conversation between you and God. He's not making it so that what he's speaking, he wants everyone to hear what you and he are talking about. When you move from communion, communion then pushes you into having community. So we tell you, people Often, the time talk about, you know, there's no relationship without trust in a relationship. Trust cannot be built without communication. At the foundation of every relationship, it is communication. Nothing can be established without communication. Matter of fact, when we communicate, this is us revealing who we are one to another. So as we're in prayer, God is revealing Himself to us in prayer. As we reveal our heart to God, we already know God knows what on our heart, in our heart. But still, you must take the necessary steps to open your mouth and communicate. God is not going to force you to talk. So, when you speak, when you talk willingly to God, it shows God that you are inviting Him to have conversation with you. You are inviting God into conversation with you, because God is not going to force you to talk, and neither is God going to force Himself into a conversation with you. God wants to talk to those who wants to talk back to Him. So, communication, which is prayer, leads you into communion, close relationship with then pushes you into community. We cannot have healthy community without healthy communication. We cannot have healthy community without healthy communion. So the more and more you have prayer with God and have communion, close relationship with God, as you're revealing yourself through intimate conversation and God reveals himself to you, guess what? God will then reveal to you how you're supposed to conduct. And care y'all within the community. Because at this core, there were some people they don't know how to have friendship, companionship, they don't know how to operate within the brotherhood, they don't know how to operate within the sisterhood, they don't know how to operate within the village, in the family unit. And this goes beyond just the spiritual family, but there were some of us claim to be saved, right? But you're the one who stay disconnected from your family. And we'll say things, well, I'm just not, I don't do what they do. So what? You don't have to do what they're doing, Right? But understand, he said, this is how the world are going to know that we are believers. How? By the way we love one another. And, and, and might I suggest to you, if you're a believer but you're trying to love folk from a distance, or you're trying to love folk with a long wooden spoon, feed them, however you, however you define it, I'm suggesting to you, no, you need to go and repent and be baptized all over again. I'm telling you what he dealt with me about one time. Because you know, when somebody hurts you, I don't know why we're going this way, but God, you know why we're going this way, God. When somebody hurts you, you, you say, God, I forgive them. You speak it, you pray and ask God to help you, God, deal with my heart, God. I know I must forgive them because you say if I regard any iniquity in my heart, you will not hear me, God. And if, 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 if I'm going to receive forgiveness of my heavenly Father, I must forgive. Right. So in other words, we try to play on the scriptures, you know, because you are prone to mess up, you know that you're going to need forgiveness. So you try to give this lip service. God, I forgive them. But your actions denote whether or not you truly forgave them. If they were to call you today, you just going to let the voicemail pick up. If they were to call you today, you already got preconceived notions about what they're calling about or why they're calling. Your actions are showing you above and beyond your lip service whether or not you truly forgave them. And if you don't want to deal with certain people, I'm suggesting to you, you are not healed and you have not forgiven them. The forgiveness is for you. Because you keep saying, okay, well, why, why I got to do this for them, why I got to get, the forgiveness is for you. And if you keep abiding in that place, it won't be long before you start dealing with bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness in your heart, which is going to lead to you just being an angry individual. And the reality, we have a bunch of angry Christians. See, in COP, we talk about, oh, look at that mad Holy Ghost. (laughs) That mad... Mad Holy Ghost, is they speaking it to out tight about short toward it. Nah, that ain't no power. That's the mad Holy Ghost operating in you. You know what I'm saying? You put more emphasis on your words. Hallelujah. No, that's anger. That's anger coming through you. But because you're doing a spiritual exercise or spiritual activity, all in the name of Jesus, we figure this is God. No, this is not God. Because folk will come right down from praying. Folk will stop walking at the back of the church in intercession. And will see folk that they got an issue with and won't speak, won't hug them, won't embrace them, won't even look in their direction. From the pulpit to the door. But he said this is how the world is going to know that we are believers by the way that we love one another. Right? By the way that we love one another. And so Christians are so fickle at times. We say we're not trying to be traditional or religious, but we got a bunch of religious people within the body of Christ. They understand Christianity has been a religion, but their behavior is is religious behavior, it's religious conduct. Because as a believer, if you have an alt with me, the Bible says what? You're supposed to come to me. Right? You're supposed to come to me. And let's deal with this alt. That alt is not set up between you and I. Go and get two or three witnesses. And let's talk about this alt. We might need two or three mediators because you and I, we couldn't get anything accomplished because we spent so much time fussing. Yeah, trying to keep points, who's right, who's wrong, who did what, rather than trying to hear what the other person is saying so that we can be healed, move on from this, stop giving the devil space to operate in. See, we don't realize when, when let's just say, if Prophets Natar and I have an art with one another, and if Prophets Natar and I don't get this alt right according to Scripture, we have just given the enemy space not to just operate between the two of us, but we have just given the enemy space to now come and operate inside of the body. We've now just given the enemy room to come and bring. See, he's already brought the vision between us two. But because we have not shut the door to the enemy, guess what? We've allowed the enemy space and opportunity to come now bring division on a larger scale inside the body. Wow. It's a problem. So, if we haven't got the situation right with two or three witnesses, then the mama says, okay, we need to go before the church. Listen, congregation, Prophet Zatara and I have an issue. The Bible then says, What if it's not resolved for the person who's in error? Right? Treat them like a heathen or like a tax collector. In Jewish culture, that's that's that that, that was no, you don't deal with that. Right? Am I not in the book? In other words, In the Catholicism, you're talking about excommunication. Get put out the church. Folks don't believe in that anymore. This was in Jesus' day, right? Matthew's gospel talks about this. This was in Jesus' day. We believe in grace, 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 grace. But what I found out there were some people that just unwilling to forgive. I don't care what you say. I don't care what God say, I'm not forgiving them. Because you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. Okay? I trying to force you to do anything. Let me just give you the word. All right? He said, Forgive if you want to receive forgiveness of your heavenly father. It doesn't matter what, what they did or what they said. He said, forgive. Because guess what? Because all of us are prone to this stinking, nasty, dirty flesh. What am I saying? You're going to have your moment where you're going to mess up. You're going to have your moment where you're going to wrong somebody, unintentionally offend somebody. Because none of us are perfect. You can catch somebody on the wrong day. they already having a bad day. You understand? And you could say hello because you spoke to them. You just offended them. Yeah. And you're like, what the world? All I said was hello. I didn't want nobody to say nothing to me. Oh, my God. I was just trying to be cordial to you. I was just trying to let you know you matter. I was thinking about you. I wanted to say hello to you. And because I didn't know you was already having a bad day. Right. Then people would try to use your spirituality against you. Well, God should have told you. I'm not walking in the spirit 24-7. <laughs> That's That's something. You know, no, folk will try to use your spirituality to get you. Well, you knew this about me. Why you ain't know I was having a bad day? Because I didn't know you was having a bad day. I'm trying not to have a bad day myself. That's why I'm trying to talk to everybody. Hey, how you doing? Because I know if I, if I don't do this, I know where I'm prone to fall back to. So I'm trying to beat my flesh back. Hey, how you doing? I'm trying trying not to fall into my emotions and have an emotional fit. You don't realize what I got going on. You understand? So even in situations like that, he said, listen, because you are prone to this stinking, nasty flesh, you're going to have a moment. But in order for you to be forgiven, you must forgive. So in order for us to have healthy Community is going to start with us having healthy communication. What is your communication like with your fellow brother, fellow sister? How often do you even talk to people, check on people? Lord, when when, when God gave me this about prayer, I did not see the prayer, this thing going like this. (laughs) How often do you talk to people, check on people, let folk know that they matter. When you say you're going to pray for them, pray for them for real. Don't forget thinking you're going to pray later that day because you're like, well, I'm going to pray because when I get home, oh, I'm going to go up for them. No. You're going to get busy in your day and you're going to forget that you told them you was going to pray for them. And you just now spoke a lie. You understand? We do it all the time. I've noticed something about MIT Christina when different ones say, pray for me in our leadership chat, she puts a prayer in the chat. Do you understand? If that's what she has to do to help herself, because I don't know, she may be saying to herself, I'm going to pray for whatever that person's request is. So in order not to lie, she just goes ahead and pray through text message. You understand? Right, some days you got to do what you got to do so you don't forget. Because see, people don't understand how powerful forgetfulness is. Forgetting could cause you to become a liar. Forgetting could cause you to become rebellious unto God. God can tell you something, you forget what God told you, and guess what, you just became rebellious based upon what God told you to do. Help all of us. But if we're going to have healthy community, it starts with having healthy communication. Can't be afraid to talk to people. And you can't be afraid to reveal yourself to people. That's what in essence communication is. It is you revealing yourself to the other person that you are in conversation with. You can't be afraid to reveal yourself to people. Because this is the thing, people expect us to know certain things about them. No, I'm going to only know what God desires to show me. Right, right. And I'm going to only know what you're willing to reveal to me. Right. Are there going to be some things God is going to show me that you are unwilling to reveal? But why I always got to go to God and labor just to see something about you or know something about you when you say we are in relationship? The now. Relationship. The ship is designed to take us somewhere. If we're going to have healthy companionship, relationship, a part of this is you being willing to reveal who you are. So it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. In the Greek, it's talking about how the Spirit strives to help us obtain Right, and, and help help us define that's to strive to help obtain with others to cooperate or assist the spirit helps or the spirit assists us with our infirmities. I the prefix in infirmities. Right, and the Greek is talking about weaknesses, your inward weaknesses. It also talks about infirmity. Talks about feebleness of health. Inward, there's a feebleness to our health, where well, we may be dealing with sickness, disease, whatever the case may be. But it also talks about infirmities that's been designed, uh, defined as restraining from corrupt desires, or in the soul to bear trials and troubles. So it is the spirit that helps with these inward weaknesses, the feebleness of help, helping us restrain from corrupt desires, or helping us to bear trials or troubles in our soulless realm. It is the spirit that helps. In other words, in order for me to come through this, I'm able to get through this, get over this, get beyond this, get past this because of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Because what does the Bible say? Paul tells us, for we know not what we should pray. There are some things that are taking place on the inside of you. You really can't put your finger on to tell somebody exactly what is going on. You know you don't feel right, but you can't quite put it into words how you feel. You just know you're not yourself. I'm I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to do everything I know to do. I'm trying not to be off. I'm still trying to give God praise. I'm still trying to pray, believe God, walk by faith and not by sight, not deal with fear, not deal with doubt. I'm still trying to trust God with my whole heart, not lean to my own understanding, but in all of my ways, acknowledge Him, allow Him the opportunity to direct my path. But I really can't tell you exactly how I feel. All I know is something is not right. I'm not at the place where I want to give up, but I'm not going to tell you that I haven't thought about it. I'm not going to tell you that I'm so weak that I can't get up, but I'm not going to tell you that I haven't had weak moments or some weak days. I'm not going to tell you that my mind is just full of peace. I, I got peace of mind. No, there's some moments within my day I'm a little confused about, whole what is really going on? Because I'm trying to figure out what is going on around me, outside of me, on the inside of me. And a lot of this is not even making sense. You understand what I'm saying? But all I know, I want to pray. But have you been there where you find yourself? Father, you just stuck on praise right now. Hallelujah! Trying to set an atmosphere. Some of us are just right there stuck on praise trying to set an atmosphere because we really don't know what to be praying for. And we start going, going through our mind like, God, what is wrong? Like what is wrong God and you start just picking things you understand what I'm saying you just start picking things what you might have dealt with throughout the course of your day dealt with throughout the course of your week some things that kind of just stuck out to you let me pray about this right here but the Bible tells you you don't know what you should be praying for when was the last time you initiated conversation prayer now, there's nothing wrong with you starting that thing off with of praise, establishing an atmosphere, Your praise is an invitation to him. There's nothing wrong with you establishing, creating an atmosphere, inviting God to come. But when God comes, will you allow God to lead and you take the back seat or take the background, or will you just pray because you thought this is what you should be praying about? You felt this is what you need to be praying about. Come on, help us. The book of Jude tells us what? Pray and the Holy Ghost. Meaning I'm following the promptings, the leadings, the nudgings of the Holy Ghost. I want to pray about this, but I feel pulled to pray about this. Right, right. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Because he's saying you don't know what to pray for. So simply put, he's saying, without the spirit, you're incompetent, is what he's saying. See, most of us don't want to be called or viewed as being incompetent. No, that's why you need him. Because you think you know everything or you think you know it all, and the Bible tells you, you don't know nothing. Because he's telling you, you don't know what to pray. But nobody, who wants to be viewed as being incompetent? That's what I tell my children every day when you don't know what to do, pray. I've been waiting for what I'm going to say. Well, what am I supposed to pray? I'm waiting. You know what I'm going to say? If you don't know what to pray, just say, God, help me. God, I need your help. Yeah, I I need your help, God. Nothing deep. It's simplistic. God, I need your help. So a lot of us trying to make sense of our prayers. Make sure you cover A to Z, one through ten. Forwards, backwards back was in your prayer. Everything. Did I, Lord, did I pray for my mama? No, because you don't want it to be said you didn't pray for your mama. You know what? You know what I found out? Just like you need help, your mama need help. God, help my mama. <laughs> help my daddy. Simplistic. He said, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. This word all in the Greek is talking about you don't know what to pray for, the thing that is necessary. See, we could be praying, God, I got this bill, pay this, I need this amount of money. Is it necessary to be praying for money right now? If you put your desire next to the Holy Spirit's desire, do you think the Holy Spirit is about to pray for money? Do you think the Holy Spirit is even about to pray for you and your wife falling out? Because guess what? At the end of the day, simplistic again. You and your wife gonna have to fall out. It simply comes down to a decision. I'm choosing not to fall out. I'm choosing not to let the devil use me. Because you can only control you. You often, you time, we often time want to talk about stop letting the devil use. No, stop letting the devil use you. Make a decision. I'm not going to be a vessel for the devil today. I'm not going to let the devil use me. I'm a God put a guard over my mouth. I'm not going to let the devil say nothing crazy today. He said, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. We don't know what we should be praying for, the thing that's necessary that we should be praying for. Or it is also defined as the thing that there is a need of. What is necessary and what is the need that we should be praying for? You don't know. Because leave it to you. The need is going to be based upon what you believe you need. Or the need is going to be based upon what you think they need. For instance, we've been talking about this quite a bit. People who, have, who may be dealing with pain in their physical body, things of the nature right there. You may feel it is needful to pray for their pain in their physical body. God, just give them relief. God, take away the pain, all these different things. When in reality, the pain could be coming from an issue of the heart. See, the Holy Spirit understand, no, this this is a physical manifestation of something that they have going on that they have not dealt with in their heart. So while you may be praying for the physical pain to subside, for the physical pain to leave their body, it hasn't went anywhere because you're praying for the wrong thing. This is the thing, this is not the necessary thing that we should be praying for. We should be praying for their heart. All right, so to give you an understanding, he said, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. The Holy Spirit is praying for us, praying over us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So when the Holy Spirit prays, you can't even repeat what the Holy Spirit is praying. Because it comes in the form of a groan that cannot be uttered. Now, if you want to check whether or not the Holy Spirit is praying through you, because this is the thing, I don't care how deep you think you are in the realm of the Spirit, God has not let it be so that you're so deep in the Spirit that you're not aware of what's going on around you. Right, right. You play the games and act like you don't. That's not to say God won't take you up deep. Because He'll go take you deep. But he's still gonna have you aware of what's going on around you. For example, you know, I remember, I remember several times I got hands laid on me, prophetic word, and I was slain in the spirit. Meaning I just laid out under the Because I'm not for the tomfoolery. <laughs> That's the new word in our house. <laughs> it's a new word in our house, though. You ought to hear rain Daddy, daddy, that's tomfoolery, daddy You don't gonna sit your tail down somewhere <laughs> That's new word in the house Everybody's saying, no, tomfoolery, right? But I'm not for the tomfoolery, right? I'm not, I'm not about to fall down to make you look good If you ain't got the power and authority To make me fall out under the Holy Ghost I ain't about to make you look good uh, You can do all it. I'm going, mm. No Oh, no, I'm not about to make you look good You understand? I remember one time getting a prophet of word and God speaking a prophet of word to the Apostle, and the apostle laid hands on me. And I'm talking about I hit the floor. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, right? Land on the floor, just, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Just, yes, yeah, not the crying, just tears, just, you know, just land. I can't get up. I've fallen and I can't get up. Uh, right? And somebody stepped on my finger, right? Dancing beside me, not barefoot, head on shoe. Ah, 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 pow! Right? But you trying to you trying to get in that person that you so deep you didn't even feel that. Uh, I was like, uh, <laughs> God said, now why you playing? You're not that deep. You felt that. That hurt you. Yeah. I wasn't saying yes to his will. I was saying yes to that hurt me. Right? But you know how many times we played this game because folk have told us, when you're under the anointing, you don't feel this, that you're a bald faced liar. God, I have saw folk who got hands laid on them, fall out under the anointing, and fell back into them wooden pews, and Bam! You didn't feel that, but you got it with this big. You didn't feel that? I didn't feel nothing. You right? My point is if you want to know if the Holy Spirit is praying through you, he's saying he prays, make of intercession with us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You can't speak what the Holy Spirit is praying about. You can't utter it. But there was a groan. When was the last time you heard a groan just coming from the pit of... You tried to speak words out of your mouth, but your words got cut short with a... Mm, just a, a groan. Your, your vocabulary, your speech got interrupted with a groan. Or you show God, God, I truly want you to pray through me. You do the prayer today, Holy Spirit. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, but I'm coming before you to make myself a willing vessel, but pray through me, Holy Ghost. See, one of the indicating facts to let you know that the Holy Ghost is doing the praying because He intercedes for you with groanings. It was the last time you heard groans while you were in prayer. Now, there are days where you groan. I'm, but I'm talking about when you're still trying to speak and your speech is interrupted by a groan that you did not command to come forward. But this groan came all on its own by way of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you were there? He said, and he that searches the hearts know of what is the mind of the Spirit. He that searches the hearts knows What is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God? He that searcheth the heart. See, a lot of times the Holy Spirit is not even moved to where he's groaning. Now, this is the thing. Did you discern the groan? Most of us get caught up because we hear the Holy Spirit groaning and think, okay, this is is the Holy Spirit just groaning because of the intercession. Yes, the Holy Spirit is making intercession, but why is He groaning? Because the Bible speaks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. Is the groan because the Holy Spirit is grieved about what He searched out in your heart? I'm in the book, right? The Bible lets us know that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Is the Holy Spirit, is the moan, the source of the moan because the Holy Spirit is grieved because when he searched your heart, what was in your heart was not godly? He that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Is the mind of the spirit lining up with your heart? Is your heart and the mind of the spirit on one accord? Because again, in the Bible, heart and mind can be used interchangeably. Is your mind in alignment with the spirit's mind? Is your heart in alignment with the heart of the spirit? Because when you make intercession for someone, I'm talking about true intercession, standing in the gap for someone, coming next, getting close to someone, praying for them, praying over them. You can pick up the burden of what they're going through. You can feel what they're going through. So… That's like, again, if, if, if I'm praying for Prophetess Natar, but I'm talking about diligently praying for Prophetess Natar. I can pick up what she's going through. I can feel the pain that she's going through, whether it be mental stress, whether it be emotional pain, even physical pain at times. You can pray for someone and you can begin to pick up what is going on in the body of this person. So, again, I'm asking you, is your heart in alignment with the heart of the Spirit? Is your mind in alignment with the mind of the Spirit? Or is the Holy Spirit simply groaning because He's grieved by by what was searched out in your heart? Because make no mistake about it, when the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you, He's praying what? He, not it. He's praying according to what? The will of God. So you don't ever have to be confused about what the Holy Spirit is praying. He is praying the will of God. Think about some of the things that you pray. And ask yourself, is this truly the will of God for my life? Uh, There were some of us because you did not want to be alone, you didn't see yourself being alone, you see yourself being married at all these different things, right? It may very well be God's will for you to be married. But is it His will for you to be married to that individual? Is it His will for you to be married in the season or the timing that you got married? Like most churches are not going to talk about this. Stuff like this. Trust in the Lord. Again, this is trust in the Lord with all your heart, not in your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledging Him that He can direct your paths. So make no mistake about it, if you ever want to know if the Holy Spirit is praying for He's praying, the will of God. Is it safe to say that you're praying the will of God? Or are we simply praying desires? Or are you praying what you don't have, praying for God to give you what you don't have? there was a place of praying out of lack. There was a place where you'll pray out of resentment, out of resentment. There was a place where you'll pray out of brokenness, you'll pray out of anger, you'll pray out of rejection. There was a such thing. There's nothing wrong with that if you're praying to be delivered, if you're praying to be better. To do what's right. But some of us will pray, God, get them. They did this to me, God, get them. Let them feel what I felt, God. What? No, I'm telling you, because in my younger days, I prayed like that before. I I pray selfish prayers is what I'm telling you in my younger days. I didn't didn't have a good understanding. For example, when I told you I was like, God, by any means necessary, whatever you got to do to save my brother then, I don't care, God, just don't kill him. If They got come up in this camp in a wheelchair as long as they say. That was selfish of me. And the Lord said, no, you're being selfish. Stop it. Stop it. I can say them without having to do all of this. You understand? But I was so desperate because I wanted the will of God to be done in my life and in the lives of my family that I prayed selfish prayer. So, what I'm telling you, you can pray from a place of selfishness where it's all about you. What you want God to do for you. What you want God to do for you, but do it to others. That is not His will. He said, and we know that all things, all the things that we're currently suffering from, suffering with, you know, when you talk about these infirmities, this, these inward weaknesses, this feebleness of health, trying to restrain from corrupt desires, and not only that, but trying to bear the trials and the troubles within our soul, so guess what? We know that all things are working together for the good. I can remember God gave me a revelation about this scripture a couple years ago. And at that time, I was like, God, I don't think they're going to like this. But I remember God telling me, he said, listen, because a lot of times when people are going through something to bring comfort to themselves, this is one of the main scriptures that they'll go to. If they're not in the book of Psalms, they'll go here. They're always, we know this don't work together for my good, right? But I can remember when God gave me revelation, he said, no, it's it's only working for the good of those that love me. And we told you, God measures your love based upon your obedience. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So we understand God measures your love. Because even the unbelievers say they love God. But as I was looking at this last night and I felt led to this, God said, He said, No, look, 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 look. Last time I just talked to you where you were. He said, Look, there's a comma. He said, We know that all things work together for good to them that love me. To them who are called according to His purpose. There was a Another of them who are called according to his purpose. There are going to be some of us who, who, who love God, but then there were some of us who've been called, who've been set apart according to his purpose. I found that to be glorious. I get it, God. Every day, God. My love might be a little shaky. Meaning, my obedience might be a little shaky, God. And so you may be like, you know what, today you got a little love. That can't work together for your good. Ah, 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 Hold up, hold up, hold up. But you call me. Oh, y'all don't understand what, what I'm talking about. But but you call me. And so, this is where we tell you, see, a lot of times people think they have a purpose. You don't have a purpose. The only one has a purpose is God. According to whose purpose? His purpose. It's according to His purpose. So, notice, we don't have a purpose. You don't have an individual purpose. The only purpose you have is the purpose that God has placed on the inside, and it's His purpose. So, we know that all things are working together for those that love God, and then those that are called according to His purpose. So on the day that my love may be little, meaning my obedience is little, I still got a good chance for all things to work together for my good. Why? Because you called me. Because he called me. Jacked up, but he called me. Deal with anger a whole lot of days, but he called me. Stubborn, but he called me. Selfish, but he called me. Deal with perversion, but he called me. Deal with rebellion and disobedience, but he called me. Some days I want to isolate myself and don't want to be bothered with nobody, but he called me. The thing is, the third word, it says, and we know. Meaning you perceive this, you understand this. This is a reality to you. It doesn't matter what's taking place, what's happening all around you, because you're not moved by what you see, you're not moved by what you are experiencing. I'm moved by what I know. And see, most believers don't live in this right here what they know. Most believers are now moving based upon what they are experiencing, what they're feeling, what, 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 what they're dealing with momentarily. And the thing is, you can't allow yourself to become a prisoner of the moment. Because the last time I check, moments make up the very fabric of time. And the last time I check, moments must come to pass. So in this moment, it may not be what I want it to be, but, and this too shall. Because it's not about what I think, it's about what I. I know that this moment is going to come to pass, but I also know that this is going to work together for my good. And see, most folk, when they read this, they're hoping that it's going to work together for you. No, there's a difference between you just hoping and something that you know. Do you really know that this is going to work? Because guess what? This is, this is not my purpose at work. This is the purpose of God at work. And God, what I know about you, you cannot deny yourself, God. And if you have purpose to bring good out of this, God, what I know good shall come out of this. I don't know how, I don't know when I don't know where but I do know why because it's for your glory remember we told you one thing that would never change concerning God aside from his nature and character his purpose his purpose is that he be glorified so this good however it comes about God your purpose is going to be fulfilled because you are going to Get the glory. Do you know that it's working together? All means all in the Bible. Do you know that all of these things are working together for your good? Well, what if I didn't choose it for myself? We know. You know what I found out? There are people that make choices for you. If you will allow them, they'll make choices for you. And if you're not careful, life will make a choice for you. Time will make a choice for you. Or time will make you rush and make a choice. Your emotions will make you make an impulsive decision. Your emotions. The behavior and conduct of someone close to you will make you make an impulsive decision. Doesn't matter if you chose it for yourself or if the decision was made for you. Do you know that this is going to work together for your good? I know that it's gonna to work together for my good because I love you. You measure my love based upon my obedience. Oh, I know that it's going to work together for my good because you call me. I didn't call myself. Oh yeah, I didn't ask to do this. Who wants to be persecuted? Folk lying on you, try to slander your name, slander your character, talk against you, all kinds of stuff. Who wants to sign up for that? I think every preacher, every pastor that has not been called by God, they deal with a spirit of lunacy. You just running to do this and, and was not called by God, you deal with a spirit of lunacy. Oh, yeah. The ups and downs that you've got to deal with and the nature of this call. One day the people with you, they love you, then the next day they're ready to stone you. Come on, talking here, David. Hey, witcher, we're going all the way. And then they'll say, you know what? My time is up. But God called me here, but now your time is up. And you ain't do nothing. But your time is up. (laughs) But I know. Do you hear what I'm saying? But I know. I didn't say it felt good. I not say many of the things that we were going to deal with were going to always feel good. Some difficult things that we're going to have to deal with. Some very trying things that we're going to have to deal with. But what do you know? What do you know? Not what Pastor Lincoln knows. Not what my T. Christina knows not not what Miss Deborah knows not what Pastor knows, what do you know and you can't just know this when you're in a church setting when we're speaking to encouraging you in this moment but once you leave you've forgotten what you know what do you know So understand when the Spirit prays, the Spirit is making intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Why? He's setting it up so that all things, praying. One thing I like about God, God, and it's not how you and I deal with manipulation. When God manipulates, God is not acting in manipulation in the same way that we act in manipulation. When we say God manipulate, God has the ability to move, fix things, and let things work. Let things fit that don't even supposed to fit. This right here is God just uh, working behind the scenes. uh, Let me move this. uh, Manipulating things to work together for your good. So when the Spirit prays, some of us just need to just settle down, simmer down. Sit down, bow down possibly, prostrate all the way down. Let the Holy Spirit pray. We know you have a need. We know you have a desire. Let the Holy Spirit pray. For example, I started off praying last night. I was like, God, I need to talk to you. I'm praying. And before you know it, my prayer was here, then I'm all the way over here in prayer. But you know what? It was good. Because in that, there were times that there was a groan that would come up out of me. There were times that the the tenacity of, of me even speaking in my prayer language changed. I know my children probably thought something was wrong with me. You know, it's almost like there was a growl, almost like there was a righteous anger in praying. In other words, like I said, there was that groan that would come up out of me. But I just begin to pray. Begin to pray. Just praying, 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 praying for the Church of Philadelphia. And I said, God, I would not back up. I would not back up, God. This is me praying. And like I said, once I allow the Holy Spirit to just start praying, I tell you this. My wife, Pastor Ivan and Pastor Kira, tell you them. I have intentionally stopped praying against witchcraft. I said, God, I'm sick of this. I need a break from these devils. No, I'm telling you the truth. You can deal with so much, so much witchcraft and so much demonic activity. Like, hold on. Maybe if I don't pray, I won't, I won't be sounding no alarm that, hey, he's right over here. Maybe if I don't pray, me not praying will give me a little opportunity to regroup. Give me an opportunity to hide for a moment and just regroup. Last night, the Lord would not let it be so. I found myself, oh, every warlock, every witch, every enchantment, every cantation, every spell, God, every word curse, God, every emotional curse, God. I'm just going in. And I'm listening as I'm praying. I'm like, God, well, I know this got to be you because I ain't trying to bring no attention to me. (laughs) I "Mm -mm, I need a break from some stuff right now. But the, when I tell you the Holy Spirit just roared up in me and I began to pray with an authority every principality that's coming against. Rulers. Spiritual witness, high places. Pull it down, God. Tear it down, God. Just begin to just pray and the Holy Ghost just had me praying. I'm like, hmm. To my whole atmosphere, my room changed. And I was just like, mm-mm. You said, God, the angels hearken unto your word. I give voice to your word. You understand? I called, I called prophetically. I said, prophetically, I called for the angels of the living God. Sin-warring angels, God. But I also, God, I'm calling for ministering angels, God, those that will come and serve. I said, God, but I'm also calling for the angels that are singing your glory. Send them, God, to help establish an atmosphere. I just begin to pray. I said, they, they hearken to your word. I'm giving voice to your word, and I'm commanding that they do this right here. there's some things that just has to stop some things that has to change in the realm of the spirit some things are not going to change in the natural until it's dealt with in the realm of the spirit and I said okay God ain't no time to be discouraged ain't no time to look around and try to figure out what's going on fix your eyes on him fix your eyes on him because we can look at what's taking place in the natural and things that are taking place in the natural, the enemy will use this to try to discourage you. Yeah. Cause you to become distracted to get you to shift your focus, your attention off of God onto what you see rather than keeping your eyes on what you know. I begin to pray the vision back to God. God, no, you said. Uh-uh. You said, God. This is nothing that I said. This is what you said. And I know you're God. And one of the immutable things that you cannot do, you cannot lie. You cannot lie. You cannot lie. This is what you said, God. And if you are God, which I know you're God, and you're reigning from heaven, you reign and seated on your throne. This is how the Holy Spirit had me praying. You reign from heaven. You are reigning seated on your throne. This is what you said. Some days you got to take you out the equation. No, I will give you back your word. You can't deny yourself. You said your word cannot come back to your void, but it shall accomplish all you sent it out to do. You can't let this word come back to your void, God. You can't. But you got to let it do what it's supposed to do. So I'm telling you, pray for the Church of Philadelphia. Just pray. I'm not asking you to pray nothing deep, but pray for the Church of Philadelphia. Let's say, God, let your will be done, Church of Philadelphia. We're praying for the will of God for the Church of Philadelphia. Because understand, you got to understand there's been an attack against the body. Pray, God, let your will be done for the Church of Philadelphia. Where well, the enemy is coming against us to try to stop us from fulfilling God's purpose. But not so. No, you hear what I... No, nah, so I don't care what it looks like, but it won't be so. It will not be so because of what I know. He's going to let everything work together for the good. Now, when, when, it, when he's accomplished thing, when he's finished, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to look like while he's making it work together for our good. But I do know he's going to get the glory. Are you going to allow God to get the glory out of your life? The purpose. Are you going to allow God to get the glory out of the purpose that he's placed on the side of you? So understand when the spirit prays, the spirit of God is concerned about praying the will of God. Because when the will of God is prayed, then the glory of God can be revealed and it can be seen. And part of that will is for us to have healthy communication meaning healthy prayer with God. God talking to you, you talking to God. To have healthy communion, close relationship with God. But also to have healthy community close relationship with other people this is his will because the writer tells us in the book of Hebrews we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together don't abandon you coming together God understood there was something when you come together there was something in when you come together Think about it. We hear in the, in, in, that, that phrase in the Word that talks about there, be strength in numbers. Well, the same holds true in the spiritual side. It's strength. You are strengthened when you come amongst the other believers. Your faith is strengthened when you come amongst other believers. Your hope tends to rise when you come amongst other believers. Don't abandon the semblance of yourselves coming together. You see, now I'm a day hey, I can I can go to church at home I can look at anybody online you can not against you there's one thing about us we're not a cult I'm not telling you where to go not telling you where to go but I would encourage you to get in in a Bible believing church a church that's teaching Bible but I will say this there is nothing like being in the atmosphere where the Word of God is being spoken not saying you can't experience nothing hearing somebody over YouTube, but I guarantee you it is no comparison to you actually being there. When the word is spoken from the mouth of a vessel and the word comes over you and falls and rests on you, there is nothing like that. So the Bible tells us don't you abandon. Assembling yourselves together with other believers this helps in your walk this strengthens you in your walk Amen